When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest episode of the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast. Whilst we always wish we're recording after a win, unfortunately life's not always that simple when supporting Leeds United. And after Jack Harrison's inspired victory at London Stadium against West Ham, the Whites then slumped to a 1-0 loss at Ellen Road against Newcastle, handing them their second league win of the season. And as the transfer rumours rumble on, it promises to be a busy end to the month off the pitch for Leeds, if not on it as we then go into the Premier League's winter break. So helping me break down all of this, I've got the two mats, McKeith and Beadle, and Lucy back behind the mics. How are we all? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Really well, Daniel, thank you. (laughs) It's always good to hear, always good to hear. Well, we should probably get straight into it then. So it's been a week of highs and lows for Leeds, really, but probably only natural to start with the one that's freshest in our minds, which is the loss to Newcastle. It was a tough one to take, really, as Leeds began pretty brightly, actually, and were the better team in the first half. But, you know, I don't know about you guys, but as the game went on, you kind of got the sense that Newcastle were getting into the game and a goal could have been coming. And I guess that type of goal probably summed up what they were after, really, just tried to steal something and then... It was just so scrappy and avoidable from our point of view anyway. So I guess we should start with where do you think it unravelled for us? Um, yeah, so um, I don't... I wasn't Unfortunately, I wasn't at the game and I couldn't get a stream to watch it, but I was listening to uh, Popey on the radio and first half, it just sounded like we were just all over them like throughout the first half and then you, you get into the second half and it's getting obviously getting a bit a bit shaky and uh, obviously I, I just knew it, knew something like that had happened and uh, it was just mixed emotions really because like you say, we, we we dominated the first half and we, we had so many chances and just could not find the back of the net. Just gutted really um, to lose to them. I think obviously off the back of last week's win, we're sort of going in with so much confidence and, and the form that they're in, we realistically, we should have, we should have, hammered him and, and put it to bed in the first half but um, yeah I think the substitutions again were questionable I think I'd have liked to have seen Joffey on bef- definitely before Tyler and yeah we're just we're just lacking that sort of that final ball into the into the back of the net and I think I was speaking to my dad earlier if if Bamford's on the pitch he scores two or three in the first half I think I think we were we, we had that many chances but yeah real disappointment but but then you look at obviously the last three games in January, we've obviously lost to Newcastle, beat West Ham 3-2, and then obviously beat Burnley at home. It's six points out of nine that we've come away with, and I think before the start of, of January, we'd have, we'd have taken that easily. But um, I think it's just got in the fact that we have lost to them with the such poor form that they're in, and I'd like to have picked up the win and then start looking more up the table rather than worrying about... I'm sick of worrying about those below us picking up points, so I just want to be back into like back to last season where we're just on that sort of ride and just looking up the table rather than below us. So, yeah, overall really disappointed, but 
overall throughout the month, I think we've seen signs that we're getting there. We're getting we're getting back to our best, and hopefully we can obviously a bit of a break now, and we can sort of push on and really start moving up. But we'll see. With that, like um, I think you said a good point there, Lucy, in terms of if we'd have won that, we'd have been looking up, mm. not down, and I think that. Lost. Not that I'm looking down with great fear, because I still don't think they're a great team. Um, you know, it does it does mean you're still looking over your shoulder, which is a little bit frustrating. Because you know, I think we had a big chance to kind of, you know, get get away from it all and kind of pull away. You know, kind of like how Southampton have done in the last few weeks. Um, you know, and uh, they put in quite a good performance against Man City as well. But yeah, I don't think. Newcastle were up to much, to be honest, apart from falling over quite a lot. And the physio was good performer as well, running onto the pitch at great speed. Um, but, you know, it, it's just very frustrating because, um, you know, we had more than enough of that first half to be leading by a couple of goals. And, you know, like you say, I think with with a centre forward, I think he took away a couple of those, um, a couple of those cutbacks from Rafinha and good balls in from Harrison and, yeah, I think it was just a little bit worrying how we faded away in the second half. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I think it was. Um, it wasn't even necessarily that we couldn't. We we didn't really test Dubravka lows, did we? Other than the pretty good save that they pulled off from Dan James, but like I think the, it really highlighted the more the fact that we just don't have a traditional centre forward up front who knows where to be at the right time, sort of thing knows when to time his runs properly, which you think Rodrigo would do, but he's, like people have pointed out, he's too busy. Well, not too busy, but he's basically 10 yards behind striker sort of thing um, in the role that he has to play. Um, but that's basically what it came down to. Like We absolutely battered him for 70 minutes and then just conceded a pretty sh** goal to concede. And, um, yeah, it sort of unravelled. And I think there were sort of the... I think the annoyance I found with the subs is, is that you basically get like through Gellar on at a time when everyone had gone everyone had gone a bit flat and we did look like we ran out a bit of steam because we just gave it we 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 were relentless just attack after attack against them so by the time he comes on everyone's knackered and sort of body language is gone and it, it's a bit hard to ask a kid to sort of come on and totally change change a game when. Um, everyone's back sort of against the wall like against Wolves and stuff when he came on um, we were sort of sort of try, starting to build a bit of momentum so it's a bit hard to, like I say a kid to sort of change the um, tide of the game but yeah it just highlights the fact that we're just we're desperate for Bamford to get back or find a, <laughs> find a proper number nine it's probably fair to say that this match was about as much as we've missed Patrick Bamford since his injury. You know, as we mentioned, there was just a few, whilst not massive saves, like Matt, Matt said that Dubravka had made, there was a few balls into the box that were just crying out for someone to be arriving um, on. So I think we desperately missed the centre forward for that game. Um, so if Bamford is out for quite a while, because let's be honest, we've no idea now, you know, he's, he's coming back, he's out, he's back, he's out. Um, how do we solve this centre-forward crisis? Do you think Gellart gets a run there? Do we dare mention Tyler Roberts? Do we persist with Dan James up front? I mean, options, what we're, what we're thinking. Dan James isn't the option. He's, a, he's, a good, he's a good at pressing and running and you know you always want that from a centre-forward, don't you? But he's, he hasn't got anything else to offer in terms of... You know, even that chance yesterday, you know, sorry, that chance against Newcastle, and he kind of just threw himself in the air to, to kind of... He, tend, he t- tends to do that, doesn't he? he? tends to, when he has a shot, he just seems to throw himself off balance when he's in a perfectly good position. It's a strange trait, really. It's like he shits himself, isn't it, when the, the ball comes to him. I think Alan Shearer said on, on Match of the Day last night, if he was stayed on his feet, he would have buried that chance. But then at one point, I, I can't remember if it was St Maximum, definitely want Joe Linton, broke through and Dan James was like the last man and he did that last-ditch tackle and he was thinking, you're our centre-forward for God's sake and I think that's the issue we've got. Obviously, Gellart, you know, we are calling out for him to be given a chance and I just don't think Bielsa is going to really give him a run up top. Rodrigo's obviously not, not done the, the business up top and neither has, neither has Roberts. So you, you'd think we'd dip into the market, but... You know, we're looking at, what, 23rd of January, 24th of January when this pod goes out. You know, we ain't got much time left to, to, to do any action, have we? So, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, really, isn't it? We need somebody, and no idea when Bamford's going to be back. I think I said, um, like I was saying to um, you a lot earlier, it, it's hard to you'll you'll do well to find a, a centre forward now in a in a month who's happy to sort of just sit sit on the sides and just wait for Bamford to come back and then be happy to sit on the bench. Like if if they come and start scoring goals and and then get drops, they're going to be pissed off, and we've all of a sudden got another player where we're just like, well, what's the point paying him? Um, I think I guess that's probably why Bielsa likes having a threadbare squad, just in the sense of trying to keep everyone happy and having a balance of youth. But um, it's it's been crying out, especially for like like everyone knows we've needed a midfielder for the best part of like two years now. Um, and like I think I've said before, like fans, as much as people say they are, they're not stupid and they know they've watched enough football football games to know what they are. And I just never know. Um, one of the things that I've uh, noticed over the last couple of months is that whenever we take click off it's almost like well we literally have no midfield as bad as he's playing or um if, if he's slightly off it um he's still i still find it's better to have a man in in the right position than um not at all because as soon as he came off yesterday it would, there was a gaping hole in the middle of the park where everyone that newcastle just seemed to where the ball seemed to bounce into um, when they were clearing it and um they just managed to get on a few breaks and they probably could have ended up um, getting another one or two just by us throwing everything forward and I think sometimes you just throw the balance of the team just cut, goes out a bit when we just don't have um, as we know and it's square pegs in round holes and I think that's sort of um, the issue that we've got really isn't it now um, but like like we've seen with uh, Kinnear's come out and said they don't want to um, stand in the way of people like Lewis Bate and stuff coming through but he's been here six months and he's 19 years old he's not going to cut it at this level I don't think people actually realise how um, how much the gap is between under 23s football and first team football like you're going from playing against boys back to literally playing against men and it's a massive difference I don't think I just think we're uh, I think we tweeted something similar that we're just open Bielsa pulls a rabbit out of the hat every now and again to sort of um, just sort of cruise along really I think that's the only worry I have but like we were saying we're not and even if we've lost to them we're not worse than them They're, if you finish if you finish if you're finishing below you like to Watford Norwich you're down basically but like what they cooked up on Friday that's what's not worrying me um, I don't think it, it will all season yeah, until, until we probably get to I think, you, I think you are right in terms of um, with click going off and you know we did lose the midfield I think I think a lot of that actually came down to Newcastle's enforced changes as well. Like, you know, they were playing like Joe Linton centre mid, weren't they, for a little bit? And I feel like that kind of played into our hands. And then when they had to bring Longstaff on when he got injured and then when Dummett was absolutely shattered and they brought Mankio on, that helped them against Harrison and Rafinha. And I think I almost feel like that freshness that Newcastle could bring on probably helped them. And as we've already said, the subs didn't really help us. They kind of hindered us in a way, um, you know, and like Aileen and Dallas have put so much of a shift in going up and down, you know, following St. Maximin and running bloody all over pitch that they almost had nothing left going into the last 10 minutes. So when you're taking click off one of your creative midfielders, whether how well he played or not, it doesn't matter. He's the one that was dropping in and that meant Rafinha was having to drop into, I don't even know where he was playing the last five, 10 minutes. He was almost like last man. And, you know, and, there was no movement up front, so we were just having to lump balls up. You know, I think Bielsa said like we lacked a bit of clarity, didn't we, in the last ten minutes? And I don't know what that comes down to. You know, like like Matt said, having to play players kind of out of position that they're not familiar, trying to chase the game, and you know, not really, you know, not really having that structure that we had before. And I think that does, you know, we do struggle sometimes when we go behind and we change in positions and stuff. And I guess squad depth probably does come into that because we haven't got the players to come in in those positions yeah it's it's hard I think like you say I think Newcastle bringing them players on yesterday obviously freshened freshened up their team and you look at our our bench and we've got we've got kids on there and I think it was the the West Ham game the FA Cup game where we started with um, Leo and obviously Lewis you look at you look at our bench then and you're thinking oh it's a decent decent bench you've got the likes of Dallas and Forshaw that can come on to obviously make the difference and I think we we've we played really well, I think, against West Ham in, in the cup, um, despite the loss. Um, 
But yeah, I think squad depth squad depth has always been an issue with us. Obviously, you can't be relying on on the likes of Geldart coming on and. I know he has come on and made a difference at times, but like when we're we're chasing chasing the game like we did at the weekend, it, it, it's hard for them to come on and, and make a. They've sort of got that pressure on the shoulders to deliver, and and you don't you don't really want to be giving them that pressure. But it's it's such a tough one because, like you say, with so many days out from the closure of the the window, and we've we've not done anything, and you think looking at the state that we're in, the teams in with injury wise and. And all the players are, are at risk of picking up injuries at some point. You'd have thought we'd have made, even if it's a couple of loan signings, just to get some bodies through the door that are happy to to come in and just just help us out. But obviously, it's it's a lot harder than than what it is. But yeah, yeah, it really is a tough one. Really, I think it's I think good thing you're looking at it against Newcastle is um, a lot of the first team players are coming back into into the, the picture again now which is good to see um, but yeah I completely agree with what, what Olivia said I think we were talking about Stuart Dallas as well I thought he had a great game once again at left back but for me I think that central midfield role is, is so dominant in there he's impressed so many occasions and we've talked about Clicky as well and you know kind of coasting through games and being expected to do more than what he's capable of doing I think Dallas can he surely do that role Um but yeah, it was it was a tough one because I think like you know Lucy was saying about the subs, and obviously Joel Linton came off, Sean Longstaff came on. It really gave them good balance. I noticed they became a much better unit in midfield against ours. It seemed to really balance it up. Um, Cocky as well. I didn't think Robert Cock was um, didn't really do much today. He? he put out the odd fire, the odd interception, but he's not really gonna you know he's not Phillips, is he? Let's be honest. So I think. Yeah, we're putting a lot of pressure on on the first team. Um, obviously, we've got the, the kids coming through as well. I'm just very surprised that we've not brought a bit of a, a bit of weight behind this squad because it's it's definitely needed. And you know, teams are picking up points below us, um, which is you know crucial. And that I think that game yesterday against Newcastle was was massive for both teams. Really, it could have sent either team in in, in you know a win for us would have was get us further up the league. Um, we're looking at potentially being mid-table now we're looking over our shoulders again Newcastle are looking forward now you know they're going to go to Saudi Arabia John Joe Shelby's going to burn his head they're going to come back refreshed and, and, and ready to go and I think I think they're really going to storm it now I think they will I think they'll bring a couple of clever signings in as well and they'll obviously they've got the money to do so but I joked about it last week about looking at Newcastle squad and seeing who they've got that uh, it's kind of surplus to requirements um, and, and to be honest with you I think if Dwight Gale's going let's just chuck Dwight Gale up top for Leeds because there isn't anybody out there other than Big Kev and Andy Carroll that, that could come in and do a job at moment for Leeds <laughs> Yeah I think Gabe's I think actually what surprised me was how well I thought John Joe Shelby actually played against us because usually every time he's played against us what was it did he said to Rodrigo last season he was like oh geez why are you running so much and it's like because the manager tells me to <laughs> it's like which made me laugh actually but I actually thought um, John Joe Shelby played quite well the only surprise was that he didn't start cupping his ears and giving it the big one to the cop when he scored he actually went and celebrated in front of the Newcastle fans didn't he I think he might have cupped his ears to the West Stand controversial but um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, Dwight Gale probably is an interesting one. He usually scores against us as well, doesn't he? When we're in the championship, um, that volley that John Joe had as well. They, they, they were some proper limbs as well yesterday, weren't they, from them? That's right. one thing that I'll give them. Credit where credit's due, yeah. They, uh, pr- proper away support then, like, a lot better than a lot, a lot of the crap you see at Ellen Road, isn't it? And it actually made for a good atmosphere for the majority yeah, of the game. Yeah, I think they came in good spirits. I think if uh, John Joe, Shelby's volley... When he, he hit that sweetly, didn't he? And yeah. Mesley obviously is taking a bit of rap, taking it, taking it badly today after the, the the goal from John Joe Shelby from the free kick. You know, it was very soft, quiver wrists with the ball come out, aren't they, Matt? But um, <laughs> you've got to you've got to factor in some of the saves he put in as well. You know, that save from from Shelby on the volley, he hit that sweetly. You know, nine times out of ten, that's going in. Just watched the Spurs and Chelsea game, and when Ziyech just killed that in, Lloris just stood there, just watched it go in. You know, most keepers would have done that unless you pick for because he's unbelievable at the moment, isn't he? But um, I thought Meslier, <laughs> he made some great saves yesterday. 
But as soon as he made that mistake at the free kick, there was that other one where it went straight through him as well. So it's just that creeping through, um, coming into his game occasionally, isn't that like a concentration or it's just playing on his mind? But some of the shit I was reading about Meslier was unbelievable. Um, really, people really need to give their head a shake because that kid's going to be a future France number one for, for many years to come. And yeah, you know, keepers make mistakes. That's that's reality. The problem is with keepers that they get amplified so much. It's it seems to haunt them, doesn't it? Well, I think we we touched on it um, yesterday. It's like that. The goal was just a catalogue of error, errors from everyone. Um, Roberts was pissing about with it about four times um, down near the uh, down near the Newcastle fans, weren't they? And then they broke. And then Mankia was going to kick the ball up to the top of the top and. Juventus strike covering, and Juventus decided to think, oh, I'll just put my arm across him, which you're always asking for danger. And then, obviously, uh, what happened with um, Melier? But I mean, it is sort of you don't want to. Um, it, 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 you've got hands to it, so if you're, as a keeper, you're always going to be frustrated. But obviously, there were bodies in front of it, and like you say, I've been reading some stuff like, like it, all of a sudden. Last last week, Bielsa was uh, a genius. Now he's tactically inept again. It's all Tyler Roberts's fault, yet we should have been about 4-0 up before half-time, which quite a lot of people have pointed out, to be fair. And I think the main frustration, I mean, I'd, like ta- someone pointed out, I think Tyler Roberts is a good player to have when some when it's going right. Mm. He's not someone to sort of come on your backs against the wall, sort of need to change a game, I think. He sort of, I think someone said he's, like, he's good when you're tra- sort of trying to see a game out to get a second or a third sort of thing, not try and turn a game on its head. Um but I think the main frustration is that I don't think people hate him. They hate the fact that he's Plan B, not um, not some signing from uh, wherever we get a signing from that replaces him. I think I think that's our main issue. And if no one else can see it, yet all those lot can, then I've I've just got no idea what, what if people upstairs are in the wrong job if they can't decide that Tyler Roberts is is, is a good Plan B. And I think they are trying to sign um, lad from Salzburg, aren't they? But it seems that. It all seems to have gone quiet as we, I don't know, I've got no hope really. January is <laughs> never, we're never good at it. I think with Tyler, I think you'd, you'd be happy if he came on and he, he made a, an impact. You know, you get these these players that are super subs out there that can come on and change a game. He's done change a game, does he? That's his we miss problem. Pablo. We miss Pablo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think we, I, think, I think me, you and um, Dan touched on that in the last um, podcast stuff. Uh, was it after West Ham or um, Carrington? No, it's, uh, fun, actually. Was. it's becoming um, a favourite topic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Pining for Padlo. Uh, like you do, you do wonder sometimes. Like I know he fell out with Bielsa, but you do wonder sometimes whether that, whether not letting him walk away from that last year of his contract has not killed us. Because, like I say, I don't, I don't think we'll go down. But um, you sort of think now, like then you sort of one nil down against a team who's just banking ten players behind the ball and a goalkeeper, and you're thinking, well, you need someone with a bit of creativity to break it down. And we literally look like we've got no one who can sort of play. We've got Rafinha, but like like Dan said, he ended up having to, he ended up like back at left back at one point trying to launch the ball forward. But you sort of need that second. If you've got one spark, it's it's all right. But it's getting that, that ball win. through the yeah. initial line, isn't it? You know, yeah. rather than over it, you've got to get it through it. And Pablo was so good at getting it through the initial line. So then you've got someone you can get, like a Rafinha or a Gellart going at the centre backs. Then that's how we got the penalty, weren't it? Um, you know, Gellart turned, beat a man, and went straight at him. And we couldn't do that against Newcastle for whatever reason. Whether we couldn't get, you know, whether Rafinha had a good game or not, it's up to you to say. But like when he turned and went at his player more often than not he was beating Dummett and the other players but the, then he was getting too deep and we hadn't really got a bit Jack Harrison can beat a man obviously but apart from that we had no one on the pitch that could do that so you need someone that can play the balls into these players and get them going you know Tyler Roberts isn't that kind of player I mean I don't know I'm starting to think that Roberts must be an absolute training beast mm-hmm. and like stick at tricks in every time in murder ball I don't know but because he's obviously doing something right. Because if he, you know, he is, he's not Plan C or D. He's Plan B. And whether he's got like that senior card in terms of, you know, he is more experienced than Gellart, so he's next in line. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I do, I do agree with you guys. Like it's, um, 
it's probably not the it's not the answer um, in my opinion. But you know, he's he's not the reason we lost either. You know, the reasons um, as as Melier like you said, he's not the reason we lost. The reasons we lost is because we didn't take our chances and we made too many errors. We made too many errors across the pitch. So. Well, I think that's, that's, that's probably how it goes. I would just go say I think um, I think we were sort of uh, that sort of mindset that I'm in. It's like, it's like swings and roundabouts. If we do, if we'd have lost at West Ham and beat Newcastle, and take, like we said, uh, like Lucy said earlier, taking six from nine before uh, the start of the month, everyone would have been like, "Oh, great, that's that what a month. Mm. Move on, have a two week break, and we're all right." But now I know it's because we've lost to Newcastle, but like we're still seven points mm. clear of them. Yeah. And uh, you've got teams like, um, and obviously I'm trying to say, like I say, stay positive. I've always been positive that will, uh, I'm sort of not being worried that will go down. But you've got um, you've got Everton getting dragged into a relegation battle. That what really none of their players are going to want. Really, do you really think people on hundred and odd grand a week are going to be thinking, ah, relegation? I'll be worried about losing my job when I go into championship. Mm. Um, and then Brentford, Brentford's bubble burst massively. Yeah. Like no one's talking about that. They're, they're They'll be down, down yeah, with Norwich before long, um, and my sight, it's it's like a it's a three game swing with less than half of a season to go. It's still a tall order for Newcastle to get out of it, and I mean they're outside the relegation zone now. So um, I think, or the, they might be the last spot. I can't remember which way around it all. And is Norwich are out. Keep getting com- They all seem to yo-yo. <laughs> they all seem to yo-yo around each other, don't they? But um, yeah, it's still a tall order, and I mean. You'd you'd back us to um, be like I think that Everton game is probably a bit of a massive one in Villa, um, but they've got a bit of momentum behind us. But that that Everton game, if they've got got a new manager sorted by then, then we should be going there with trying to nail them because they look like a team in dire straits. Right, so, like I tell you what, let's look back at some happier times because on our last podcast we spoke about the loss in the FA Cup and you know we've mentioned it as it wasn't entirely unexpected. But we'd take it if we could grab some points in the league game and obviously grab the points we did. Harrison and Leeds were at the scintillating best in that 3-2 thriller. And I'd probably say that was a game of the season from us. If we say Newcastle may be one of the most frustrating ones, I think the West Ham game probably was more like the Leeds of last season, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we certainly saw glimpses of it. Um, it was a proper game as well, wasn't it? Proper, proper English football game like old school Mike Dean refereed it really well I felt mm-hmm. um, and obviously Harrison had the, the game of his life um, but yeah we weren't complaining about lack of striker then were we we thought Dan James <laughs> were the answer it just shows what well yeah, well, yeah and Jack Harrison's doing the dink for the hat trick then you know I, I was coming into this thinking there's no way he's not going to score against Newcastle but. yeah I think um, that's him done now for the next three months <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a cracker. It was a cracker, and I think um, you know West Ham back to back defeats now in the the Premier League. We're chucking them in the team falling down, or are we? Are we saying <laughs> they're going to be um, in the top four? But I think yeah, it was a great result, and obviously Matt, you know, going there for FA Cup weekend before it was a completely different game, wasn't it? Um, still a soulless ball stadium fans get your steps in, but overall, yeah, it were um, it was a cracking game. Um, but you know we we've got that in us. You know you've got to look at the the Burnley game as well. You know which at ease wasn't we? You know a nice free one, and then you've got results against Newcastle. It's just frustrating. But what you'll get with Leeds every single game, even when we lost to Man City, is we'll always create chances. We'll always create, and we touched upon like the likes of Brentford and Everton, Palace in a way. I think Palace needs to be thrown into that mix. They're not great to watch at times. They don't create enough. Um, and I think I've always felt that, like Matt was saying, I've never been worried that we'll go down because we do create chances, and that's how you win games. You know, if you don't create chances, you don't win games. So we we certainly do. And I think once we start getting the likes of Bamford fit, if we do get Brendan Arneson or Pelea in, you know, maybe the team may need it as well. Just that lift. You know, Dan James is not the man up top. You know, he needs to be out on the wing. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. But obviously, West Ham's been and gone. We've lost since. Um, yeah, let's just try and get as many points as we can because at the moment, we're clinging on to that 
15th place trophy, aren't we? Yeah, that West Ham game were, was definitely probably one of my favourites, definitely, this um, this season. Uh, I think, you, obviously, we're going to the game, we've lost 2-0 the week before, and we're sort of probably not expecting to win, to be honest, because obviously, but I thought the week before we did put in a good performance despite the loss. But yeah, um, like I said earlier, the, picking up the six out of nine points this month is, is, is massive, really, and especially beating West Ham, they were sort of on a bit of a high and like Matt said, that that's two like back-to-back defeats and I think it would have been nice obviously at the weekend to take the confidence into that match, beating West Ham and obviously beating Burnley, but obviously we couldn't, we couldn't pull it off. But um, yeah, the, the, just the West Ham game just seems so long ago now after after the weekend. So yeah, it was, it was definitely um, a great result and I think we could have had more to be honest. I think Dan James had a couple of chances he, he could have put away, but... Obviously, we know what his, what his finishing's like at times. But, yeah, um, overall, happy with how this month's gone, despite the, the result of the weekend. And hopefully have this break, maybe get a player in. I can't, I can't see it happening, t- to be honest. And have a, have a bit of a rest, get some, some of the key players back and, and go again. It's going to be a tough ride, but I'm, I'm just looking up the table now. We don't need to be worrying about those below us. You watch some of the games and it's just... I think it was the the Norwich Watford game on Friday night. I'm thinking this is a championship fixture. <laughs> it was that bad. So yeah, yeah. It was, wasn't it? I'm a bit sorry for you watching that on Friday night. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> Nothing better to do. <laughs> um, with Norwich, um, I watched that Norwich game, my son, and um, what blew me away with them is how much how many chances they created. They look like a completely different team. Like they've looked absolutely on their ass and. And, and, and dead and buried and they looked pretty decent I don't know if that's because Watford are so poor but I felt Norwich had a bit about them so again I'm not saying they're a team you need to look at but I think anyone below us is, is someone to look out for over than Watford at this moment because Burnley got a nil-nil today didn't they um, but they're about 15 games behind everyone else so <laughs> yeah, I think with Norwich it's a funny one actually because they've only won one less than us this season but obviously a couple of their wins in the last couple of games but I think obviously Dean Smith's a pretty good manager so I think you know I won't rule out them probably staying up now because Watford looked done from what I've seen recently like I can't see Ranieri staying much longer um, obviously Burnley have lost Wood as well haven't they um, so you think they're relying on Corne coming back from the Africa Cup of Nations and maybe signing someone else, otherwise they're going to be struggling and we've already spoke about Newcastle. So, um, But yeah, in a weird way, I think Leeds beating West Ham is probably better for, in a way than beating Newcastle because it proves we can still beat those good teams and that's why we'll be all, I think we'll be alright because we know we can beat Newcastle. Like we'd, you know, We hammered them a couple of times last season. I know we haven't beat them this season. But I'd still back us to beat Norwich, still back us to beat Watford again, um, you know, and hopefully back us to beat Everton as well. So, you know, I think that's if we if we'd have got turned over by West Ham and Newcastle beat us, then be a completely different mood, I think. But I still think we've got something in us that, you know, means that we're too good to be dragged into it. So yeah. Um positivity, that's the key. We've got a two and a half week gap now, and I just think it's been such an intense period over Christmas and mm-hmm. early January. It feels a bit, I feel a bit lost now. And the <laughs> thing is, we've got, we've got Villa next, and I think, if rumours are true, you've got Suarez and Coutinho and Gerard lined up at Villa. They're like, what are Villa doing? Oh, is Gerard pulling his boots Literally, on as well? You've got to have Eski and <laughs> Sam Yippier coming back at Villa at this point. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be interesting, because obviously we've got Villa, Everton and Manchester United the next three after. So I think we need a... I think this two and a half week will be good for us. I think it'll be good for everyone, to be honest with you. Is it basically two and a half weeks for Burnley to catch up then? Is that what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna be playing three games a week, yeah. aren't they soon? That's amazing with them, isn't it, that they've always got a full first team out today. Oh, yeah. Don't get started on that COVID thing. And like Arsenal as well, sticking a full strength Arsenal. team out. Like, absolute <laughs> piss take that. Absolute Derby, piss take. Yeah, and then they draw nil nil. <laughs> Just what they wanted. All fresh nil nil lads. Excellent. Right, sorry, just going back to what um, Matt said. I think the way that we play, um, so like I said, me and my mate have always said this. The way we play, we'll always have a chance of being in a game. Like if you look at the way Newcastle played yesterday, like nine times, well, not nine times out of ten, because otherwise you'd be bottom of the pile. But 
majority of the time, if you're basically inviting trouble on you, um, and people say about uh, us being naive and attacking teams, but if that's the best way we think we're going to be able to pick points up, then we'll do it. Like I'd, I'd never thought that sticking 10 men behind the ball is your best way of winning a football match because, well, you're just inviting trouble on yourself and eventually over the course of a season you'll get found out and I think that's what will happen with some of these teams and I think I think that's why sort of probably where, why Burnley is starting to struggle now because I just think um, and I know there's probably still a case in football for sort of not old methods because I bet Sean Dyche has his own sort of modern say, does he? <laughs> uh, now he's signing a few international players and everything but um, um but like I just think like that sort of style is just going to die out before long, and that, I think that's sort of what Burnley's that's sort of eradicate everyone trying to one knock on the tyre as well. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just going to stop shit housing everyone when Burnley go down. It's going to be free flowing football everywhere. I think you're not wrong there. That's the end of part one. Coming up in part two, we'll look a bit more in detail about the January transfer window and the return of guest who. We'll see you on the other side. Hi guys, Michael Bridges here. When I'm lying in Australia on a nice sandy beach watching the sharks and the jellyfish come ashore, I like nothing better than reading and listening to writingthegarykellys.com. So we've introduced a chance for you guys to support us this season by becoming a Writing the Gary Kellys patron member. For as little as £2 a month, you can help support the work we do and make sure that we can continue to bring you our podcast series and our in-depth online articles about the football club that we all love. That's good, Vic. Two quid, you can't even buy a decent cup of coffee for that these days. Come to think of it, did you see Birmingham City Football Club? They're selling chips and a cheese slice for four quid. Absolutely criminal. For £3 a month, you can also get early access to this podcast before it goes on general release. And come and join us for a monthly Q&A and talk all things Leeds, plus much, much more. Not forgetting, for £5 a month, you can get to join us for a Q&A, early access to episodes, a live recording of each podcast, and you'll also get the chance to join us on the show as one of our loyal members. I tell you what, that's not bad at all, is it? And the best thing about us setting up as a membership is that we'll be delivering you an ad-free podcast, and you don't hear that very often these days. It's our unique selling point. So becoming one of those patron members helps fund what we do, it helps continue to deliver this podcast, and you never know, we could even share some cheesy chips together before the end of the season. I guess you've summed it up perfectly. We go ad-free so we don't spoil your listening experience with legal advice and ball trimmers. Sounds like a good deal to me. Head over to patreon.com forward slash RITGK to become a member today. Hi, I'm Paul Robinson, and when I'm not out on the golf course, I'm listening to writingthegarrykellys.com. January transfer window, everyone's favourite topic, as we've already touched upon it a few times today, haven't we? So, the big rumour, or story as is now, is our perceived pursuit of Brendan Aronson. Aronson? Aronson? You know, well, or is it Aronson, if he's American? Um, So, it's uh, worth noting, um, obviously said to be very highly rated, um but could cost, cost northwards of 20 million. I think we've had one bid projected, haven't we? And have we upped it to 20 million or is it go, does it need to be north of 20 million? Um, not 100% sure, but um, I'm sure Matt McKeith, you've signed him on Football Manager, haven't you? So um, what's he like? What's his best position? I've been the manager of the United States soccer team and I won the World Cup in 2026 and he bagged an Atrick in final for me, so he's worth every penny in my opinion. Um but no, he's, we should pass that on to the higher onchil on at Leeds United then. Absolutely, you know, I've watched the, I've watched the three minute montage compilation of his best bits on YouTube, and I can tell you that he's an attacking midfielder with a bit of creativity behind him, um, and he's ripping up the uh, the Austrian. Um, it's not Bundesliga, is it? No, it's not Bundesliga. Austrian Premier League. It's a Austrian Bundesliga yeah, Austrian. or something. Either way, it's a league on the rise. Yes. Yes, absolutely, and and you know, Haaland came from from that division, that team. Mm, um, very true. 
all, all Red Bull, aren't we? Um, so, yeah, you know, obviously we've got a great history with American players at Leeds United. Uh, you know, good old Robbie Rogers, bless his soul. Uh, Eddie Lewis, one of the left foot. Um, ooh, who else have we had? We had a defender, didn't we? Did we have a defender? Mike Greller. Oh, yeah, yes, American. Mike Greller. I can't yeah. forget Mike Greller. We've had somebody else. It's glorious, babe. We've had somebody else. It's like guest who's come yes, early. Yes, bringing it back early. Mm. Have I missed any American players out? I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get told if we are. Yes, anyway, we'll come back to that one. Um, but yeah, you know, it seems could be that player that we, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago about uh, Saiz and Pablo, um, and now mm. we've never really replaced kind of that creative outlet in midfield. You know, we've tried to... Rodrigo's obviously a very expensive player. He's come out, obviously, and he's made it clear that that's his favourite position. You know, he likes playing off the striker, but is he really creative? You know, he gives the ball away so many times. Um I've always seen him as a number nine. I just don't think he's the answer, and it could be an expensive mistake. I think we definitely need. I think we definitely need that creative spark. Is Arneson that player? God knows. It's difficult. It's a big step up, isn't it, from the Austrian Bundesliga to Premier League? Um, it'll be thrown probably thrown straight in after about six months of being on the bench <laughs> and making cameo appearances. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's a player we need, it's a player we need to go out and get. As long as it's not Ross Barkley, I couldn't give a. Shit. <laughs> you, you joke, don't you? But that's sort of the uh, trap that everyone seems to want us to fall into, isn't it? Like sign another Casilla mm. or balls up another Augustin deal, and basically them be worthless to us in the space of about two months. Um, and it's always it's always difficult to find, a, like we were saying earlier, like you're not going to find someone who's going to be who's going to you're gonna, not going to find the balance of someone who's going to bang uh, ten, fifteen goals in before the season now, and who's going to be happy to play second fiddle once Bamford well when it, if he ever gets fit again um, um, and then they're going to sit on bench for probably two years and then be like right off a trot now taking a bit of money off you like Casilla did um, so it's just always hard isn't it I think if um, it sounds like um, how, how are we pronouncing it Aronson <laughs> Aronson how we go yeah it feels like that's it it feels um, it feels very Dan James first time round, doesn't it? Yeah. Like we're gonna not shit ourselves, but we're gonna go right. Here's thirty mil, take it or leave it, and it might go through at the end, sort of thing. Mm. And it probably will run out of time, knowing our luck. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really seem like we're gonna move for anyone else. Mm. Although they they have kept the cards close to the chest, haven't they, for the last two or three seasons since Bielsa came? I don't think he likes it getting out. Other than when it gets spotted on his desktop that he's got videos of the players that he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, January is always tough. Like we've known in in past seasons that we we rarely dip into into the market in January. And I think like a lot of people on Twitter, I think I've watched a three minute video of him and I've made up my mind that he's best player in the world. So <laughs> I think he's definitely got that creative spark that we're that we're sort of missing at the minute. Um, but like you say, it's it's a big step into the Premier League. It, it's complete. It's completely different to any other league in the world, and um, it's just hard. And yeah, like you say, again, it's it's all gone quiet on on that front. Um, and you see Norta at the game yesterday, and you're thinking, well, shouldn't you be uh, shouldn't be over there um, signing some papers? So um, personally, I'd love him to to come, but. I just don't. I just can't see it happening. To be honest, like you say, I think it's another Dan James saga where we all get excited and then nothing comes of it. Because when does it end? Is it Thursday when the when the window shuts? Um, so we'll see. But like I said earlier, I'm just surprised that we've not gone in earlier and made a couple of even if they the are just loan signings just to bolster the squad. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Seven players from. America have represented Leeds United. <laughs> How many we named? Four. I could have probably got all of them bar one. But technically, we were born in London and not from America. Charlie Orton, I'll give you that. It was a goalkeeper. We, we got on a free transfer 2015 from Cardiff. Currently, we're about a club. Never made an appearance for Leeds. I was say, never heard of Couldn't remember uh, that I'll, one. I'll give you another one as well. It's that winger we got that... Um, I think Glory... Gabolio, yeah, 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 yeah. Came yeah. on a free, mm. played two games, went to Tramia, never seen again. Mm. Born and raised in America. Obviously, Robbie Rogers. We've, we've discussed Robbie. 
Mike Greller, Eddie Lewis's, Jamel Johnson as well, but that was like 2007. I believe we took him on loan, short loan. There's a really obvious one as well that I probably should have probably have got. But Eric Lee. Eric, Eric Lee. High. Remember yeah. Eric Lee? Hi. He, he were on loan with us for about yeah, three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> he were basically Harrison, but never signed. Uh, I think last time I checked on him, it was at Forest. So yeah, we've had seven. Yeah, so. it was there for a while, I think. Yeah, representing yeah. the Stars well, and Stripes. Let's hope we've got another American coming. But I guess just going back to what Kinnear said, and I think it was briefly mentioned earlier, wasn't it, that he's apparently come out and said that you know we're not going to come out and share eight-figure sums on players who may not improve the team when we've got emerging young players like Bate, Gellart and Heldy. Um, I mean, I don't know what to think of those comments. I don't think they'll go down very well with fans. And I think probably in terms of... You know, we, we've we've discussed this loads of times, but you know that we all know that we're short in midfield. We all know that we probably need another striker, um, and we knew that in the summer. And it's been highlighted even further by the injuries and stuff that we've had this season. And you know that at the end of the day, if you if we don't sign anyone in this window, you are kind of playing with relegation there. I'm not saying we'll be dragged into it, but. You know, if we say say the worst happens and we go down, and they decided to pull a couple of deals because we thought, right, we'll give it. You know, we'll, we'll we think Bate and Eldy and Cresswell and everyone's going to come in and Somerville and we'll be all right. And if that backfires, that's an expensive mistake, and that'll come. You know, twenty five, thirty million on Aronson won't seem like that much money then. But obviously, you know, I, I can't claim to know anything about financials and January's difficult but you know to rely on youth prospects in the Premier League it's 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 hard and you know it's great to have academy players but it's also it's also a risk isn't it I think I think as well relying on them is absolutely fine if you're already established uh, yeah. and you've touched upon the amount of injuries that we've had and you know we, we've all talked about it tonight it's evident when you're at the game what we need is a bit of creativity and a, and a, yeah. and a, a striker look how many Chances were created yesterday in, in, in the box across six yard box. There were no one there. Mm. You know, we need that. Yeah. But, you know, even when Joe Gellart comes on, I do find that he just can't get into the game. They just don't seem to want to bring him into the game as you would mm. want. If, if he's this player that's going to create that spark and save you that 20 million, you're going to give the kid the ball. I remember there mm. was an example yesterday where we were out on the touchline and just skinned two Newcastle players. And you think, oh, you know, he's up for it. But he never got the ball after that. There's been a few yeah. games as well where that's been the case. But like you said, I think if we don't invest, then and if we do go down, then that you know all fingers will be pointed at the board um, mm. for the lack of investment this January transfer window. But we're like every single football club and every single fan base in the country right now is we're crying out for transfers. Just seem to mm. want a new player. But I always sometimes look at like players that do come in and transfer and make a difference. Sorry, players that do come in January and make a difference and not any point am I saying we should get this player but an example of how Jesse Lingard went into West Ham and look what he did to that West Ham last season they went on a massive great run got into Europe and have continued that into this season mm -hmm. I think he gave them that momentum um, mm -hmm. and I just think it's evident what we need and we can't take the risk of having so many injuries again and relying on these kids that I've not mm. even played five games in, in the Championship. They've played a handful of under-23 games. And even when they do play under-23 games, um, Tyler Roberts grabs that loyalty card, doesn't he? That kind of seniority card and, and ends up taking all the penalties, free kicks and, and absolutely everything else. So the kids aren't really getting a chance. But you can't compare, compare under-23's Premier League versus Premier mm. League football. Like if they'd gone out and got 30, 40 games in in League One or Championship, you'd be like, yeah, these kids are ready, but they're still learning the trade. And to expect mm. these kids to be the ones to come in and save the club 20, 30 million is, is pie in the sky. And the club's mm. made a lot of money and they've, they've not spent as much as they did last season, but we need that player or two just to get us the line. But as like Lucy said, you know, they've got till Thursday to do it. I just can't see it happening, if I'm honest. Yeah. And I think uh, when people say, and this is why I disagree with aspects of Kinnear's comments, is you can still play youth players and bring in quality players to play alongside them. Are you telling me that if we get a creative midfielder, that's not going to benefit Gellar playing mm. up front or coming on? Um, I think you look at, 
I'm just looking at Aston Villa, for example. You know that Jacob Ramsey's come in, done really well, hasn't he? And he's not been dropped um, and stuff. Now they've signed Coutinho, but I'm sure he can still fit into the team. Um, and you know we've got to th- playing. yeah exactly you know we've got to think like that that we're not limiting their chances we're obviously we're going to help them in the long run by signing quality players because the better players you play alongside the more confident these young players are going to be by thinking alright I'll just give him the ball you know if I make a mistake it's alright he'll mop it up or you know like, and, you know, and it lets them grow into the team as well um, yeah Definitely. Why can't Bate take Click's position for a few games? He's good enough, I think. So that's an example of a young player replacing an existing player rather than preventing a new player being brought in. Mm. Yeah, and as long as he's got someone, you know, say, if, if, if I'd be more confident Lewis Bate coming into the team if he's got, say, Calvin there and someone else in front mm-hmm. of him who's, you know, an established international rather than a Tyler Roberts, for example. <laughs> no. Again, sorry, Tyler. <laughs> I think that, um, like, going back to the actual comments, I just think they're, like, needless, aren't they? Like, just don't say anything. Mm. Like, that's probably... We've said that a few um, times about him, though, haven't we? Like... Can hear. Mm. Not, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. There's a few things he says, and I just think, why are you, why are you saying that? Like, yeah. why are you getting involved? No, it's... It, it's one of those that, like, evidently just ga- is going to gaslight fans who are crying out for a couple of signings. And then... On the other side, it's like obviously he's trying to keep our cards close to his chest. Because then, if he comes out and say, "Oh, look, I've got hundred million pounds to spend," everyone's going to hike up the prices. Mm. So it's like, well, you really need to come out and actually basically yeah. say it because it just feels like one of those comments where it's like, "Oh yeah, we're happy with what we've got, so don't try and basically screw us over by overpricing us." It's just like, well, you're sort of in a you're in a month where everyone has to pay a premium mm. just on the basis of you've got to try and find someone. Um, like the perfect fit in January is like hard to come by, as we've like uh, as as we've mentioned, and I think like Jesse Lingard's a good good example. I think that's like one of a handful of January signings where you'd say, oh yeah, that actually worked out well for someone, and most of the time they don't. It, they, you normally find these January signings just wilter away and off the go within a year and a bit, like we we found with ours. So I just think like for the comments, it's just pointless really coming out and saying it really and like Matt says we've sort of said that on a few occasions I think there was a thing the other month where he threw Sabiki under the bus wasn't it when he had a gambling issue and stuff and it's like just, just leave it out like we're, we're, we're as bad as some of the other teams I think when he was saying about the money and stuff the other week like we're as bad mm. like charging like fucking nearly 50 quid for the Arsenal game and stuff yeah. it's like you just, just shut <laughs> up <laughs> not that I'm going to like have a massive go at him because he brought us back to you were part of everything that's brought us back, haven't mm. they? But like, just sometimes you just need to learn when to when to actually speak and when when not. We're to. not going to do around with this January transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> <That's the show>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they might have spent the full budget on sending out the members packs. Matt, you would have got one of them, didn't you? You know, your Leeds United wash bag and playing cards. Yeah, um, Leeds United yeah. socks. Might have them behind me actually. Yeah, I think I've got mine really, actually. Yeah, what else we got? Yeah, look, cable, look, look, cable. Sorry, it's not much, not not really a podcast friendly thing. This, but you know, <laughs> it's like it's like it's a like review, isn't it? it's Product review yeah, it podcast is. is this? It's like an unwrapping. unwrapping to be honest, product, it, yeah. it only got two stars from me. Yeah, I prefer to use that and put it in the transfer bank. To be honest, save that fiver. Did you not get your cardi with it as well? I didn't get cardi. No. Oh, do not. Oh, you got cardi. cardi. Caddy, you know, your card, oh, cardboard cut out of yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. <laughs> oh, right. What, they yeah. Call it? what do they call it? Fan card? Caddy? They call um, it Caddy, didn't they? No, Crowdy. A Crowdy. 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 I've just been watching John Richardson on 80 Tart and Cats. That's where I got Caddy from. <laughs> yeah, Lucy, didn't you get one of them? Oh, my dad did, yeah. He picked up his Crowdy. Yeah, yeah. So has he still got is it? Is that Osama yeah, bin Laden? <laughs> he's sat in our living room on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that, they'll have a hit round their house. Really? <laughs> second in the squads. You're Jimmy Savile, didn't you? <laughs> well, let's not go there, mate. I remember <laughs> someone had, someone had um, someone had put the dog on as well, so they actually put dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should be able to bring your crowdie maybe if you can't get your seat, just to reserve your seat. <laughs> Stick your crowdie I... there, it's like sorry, I can't sell it, I can't put it on resales, but my crowdie will have it. Where we park at Top of Beeston Hill, there's always a car that parked 
uh, on match days and they've got the cardies and the um, crowdies, sorry, got cardie on my mind, uh, and they've got the crowdies and they put the crowdies in the front seats of the car. It's hilarious. I'll have to try and get a picture and tweet it out. Hey, after. Did you see any cardies in the box, Matt, that you're in? Yeah, fancy Matt oh, yeah, He tried to keep it quiet, but, you know, got, um, got himself an invite into the execs, didn't you? We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah, me and Vicky were the prawn, prawn sandwich brigade with, with the Cardi group. Um, I just didn't like it. Kept looking down at the cop thinking, I should be in there. Can I get in there at half-time? <laughs> how, yeah. how, how would you review the box, mate, out of five? Or... Two, two stars. Was it out of five <laughs> or stars. ten? We'll get well, out of five, but you can do two out of ten as well if you want. It was proper rowdy. Like, there's no... It, there's like a gangway, and everyone would just stood there, and obviously you're not allowed to drink out, out on the out on the box, but they'd obviously cottoned on that you can put alcohol in, take out cups, you know, for the tea and coffee. So everyone were absolutely pissed out there, then. <laughs> and it was very... Um, it was very Newcastle United heavy as well, which had a... A bit of banter, banter, not use that word, but a, a bit of a laugh with them because I was saying I haven't seen so many Newcastle fans since you, you've, these uh, Saudis rocked up. They seem to be everywhere now. and Not, not one single Newcastle fan that were up in the, the boxes had a Geordie accent, believe it or not. Not even one. One of them, Mike Ashley. Well, I must have bumped into about four or five at least that I'd spoke to. I don't know how it came about. And I was like, are you the latest today? No, no, I'm here for Newcastle. Yeah, me. Get out. I've got a plenty of accent. Selling those boxes to anyone that'll take it, aren't they? No, that's it. Nah, they've all they've all got money, haven't they? Yeah. See, it was all right, but yeah. We're at the point in the show where it's time for a round of Guest Who. And it's a bit of a bumper show today with three of you on as well, so it could be chaos on the buzzers. So it's probably best you just shout your name and I'll have to adjudicate who's first. Matt. Matt, yeah, good practice that, very nice. Right. It's not about how many American players have played for Leeds, is it? (laughs) Well, it was, yeah, but you've ruined that one for me now. (laughs) Matt, Charlie Horton. (laughs) For the first player, right. So the first player signed for Leeds in 1996. Oh, I wasn't even Don't born. be put I off, young'uns. Don't be put off. <laughs> Neither was <Right>. I. <laughs> I'll go for a stab in the dark on that. Matt. Lee Sharp. Incorrect. <laughs> I'll just have a guess. Tony Yeboe? No. Or is that too early? <laughs> I'm actually sure I'm with Tony Yeboe to sign. Would have been before that, wouldn't it? I think. But... I don't know. He played in the Prem, so it's after 92. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he scored them wonder goals in 95, didn't he? Yeah. That would have been quite close. Uh, he was actually signed by Howard Wilkins for an extra, extra tip for you there. But... Showing my young, showing my young <laughs> age. <laughs> so, shall I move on? Yeah. I'm not even going to bother guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this player was capped by England under 18s and under 21s and international, full international. And he signed for Leeds in 1996. He did, yes. And he was a full England international. Yeah. When I said full England international, he was capped. I hate this game. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Nigel Martin? Incorrect. Lee Boyer. Correct. No yeah. way. Lee Bowyer, yeah. Hang on. You got it. <laughs> I was just about to say, did he sign from Charlton in 97? <laughs> but no, I've already said his name. Yeah, it was 96, yeah. Signed in 96 for 2.8 million, which was a yeah. record for a British teenager. Apparently. Yeah, it was, a lot, it was a lot of money at the time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, but I was just about to say he signed in 97, not 96. But yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. I think my third so, my third clue was going to be about uh, when he scored what six goals in Champions League and um, whilst he was driving from court to Ellen Road. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think you might might have got it off that one. Wow, I'm on the leaderboard. Yeah. Well done. I know <laughs> usually you. you're. Um, Last person to get it, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not really terrible at it. I always think I've got it, and then it's terrible. Like, obviously, just went. I'll tell you what, though. Lee Sharp did sign for Leeds in '96, didn't he? Pretty sure I got that one right. Yeah. Well, well that. you don't get a bonus point for that. Right. So now we've got I've got an extra one for you. So we're going oh, to fast forward 20 years. So right, we're more. Lucy. You know, they're right. You're in the game, here, Matt and Lucy. You're in the game. <laughs> So this player was signed in 2016 after a recommendation to Gary Monk. Oh. Oh. Sh- oh. Was. Uh, can't decide if it's the right year or Would not. You, by recommendation, is that from uh, an ex-manager? Undisclosed source. If I, if I t- um, well, I'm not going to drop too many hints. But he was um, he was recommended Wait. that it be available to sign. Sign or on loan? By Gary Monk signed him. Sorry, Gary Monk recommended that we sign no, him. Yeah, he was Tyler recommended Roberts. to Gary Monk, and <laughs> Gary Monk signed him. What do you say, Lucy? Tyler Roberts. <laughs> oh, she's gone in for Tyler. It's incorrect though. Uh, Matt. Go on. Is it Square It Sacco? Hadi Sacco? No. Oh. It's good, but it's not right. That, that would have been a good one, that one. It would have been a good one, that. If it's a recommendation, it could be anyone. It could be he a recommend- recommended everyone he's right. recommended when by I say scout. this, if I told you who recommended him, I think it'd be too easy. So I'll tell you at the end. But he was, um, he basically, someone, someone told Gary Monk, who is a player, that he was, he'd be available to sign, and he's a good player. So then Gary Monk asked and they signed him. Who I can move on this? to clue two if you want. Did, did Gary Monk tell you this story or is this what you've... you've <laughs> yeah, me and Gary go a long way back. I'm trying to think of who's be, who'd be in his uh, little boys club. Probably for someone like Rob Green or something. Kyle Bartley, Rob Green. Mm. Yeah. Pablo. Pablo. So are you going for any of them, Matt? Are you going for any of them? Well, I, I can't. I'm out. I'd have said... No, you'll not. My guess would have been, been Rob Green. Rob Green. But, not right. right so mm. I feel like Matt's we'll move on set. to I feel like Matt's just said the whole squad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not I've not heard his name yet. Right. So this guy this player has made over 440 appearances for three clubs in his career to date. One of them is one of those clubs is Leeds. Wow. Uh is that he has been on the books at four clubs but on the played senior at three. I would like to. Oh, did I say his name already? I might have said his name actually when I went for the guess. Yeah, I did. Who's that? I was going to say Cal Bartley. I think I, I said that, didn't I? I mentioned. I said Cal Bartley in the last one. Uh, Cal Bartley's incorrect. Bailey Peacock Farrell. <laughs> 400 appearances. Daily <laughs> 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 <Sailing> wishes. <laughs> I don't think he'll get to that. He'll probably get 400 Northern Ireland appearances. But he's probably, yeah, he's probably had 400 yeah. Northern Ireland, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are we just going through everyone that guy wants to Luke Aylin. He's got it. Mm. Oh, oh it's no! Luke <laughs> so right now I can actually explain my recommendation because Matt wow. kind of said it. Is it going to be? It the... was like Carl Bartley signed, and yes. when he signed, he told he said that oh, Luke Kaelin would be available. So he told Gary Monk, obviously because they're best mates, aren't they? Yeah, Some of it's like he's a good player, and then obviously we signed him for what 200k, and yeah, still here, still still racking up the appearances. Speaking. That's I cool. thought it was the year that threw me off because um, the other—I thought it was the other way—and I thought you rec- thought that Monk recommended someone who we then signed, and the rumor is that he recommended Click, wasn't it? Right. And we ended up signing, supposedly, but I don't know if it was sort of a author and Monk thing. But apparently, the, that was a rumor that Remind I heard. Me of that back four. So when you said sixteen. Oh, sorry, 
What? Luke Ayling and Berardi. Pontus Janssen, Kyle Bartley. Pontus yeah. Janssen, <laughs> Kyle Bartley. Was, yeah. was Berardi left back, yeah? Yeah. Berardi yeah, was left back. Charlie yeah. Taylor got injured, didn't he? And then um, yeah. Berardi came in and best were, league uh, chant. Obviously, I remember Bartley and Janssen being the, they were solid as anything and nailing at the right back. I just couldn't remember who were left back for some reason. And at that mm. point, I thought we'd sold Charlie Taylor to Burnley. I thought we'd already gone at that point. I think he went at the end of the season, did he? Or he was on his way out towards the back end of that season. Yeah. I think he left in the summer, didn't he? That was, that was a very, quite a very good team. Good team. Yeah, yeah. you've got to think of the the dross we had from the Chilino era as well, with slowly yeah. getting fizzed out. Uh, Solomon Decora was on fire, remember? <laughs> he was on fire for Gary Monk at that <laughs> point. Um, and then Berra as well. Oh, mm. the, uh, the, tactic, the tactic that year seemed to be um, just... <laughs> Sort of lump it in box and Chris Wood might give it to Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> they usually did bounce yeah. off him and went in, didn't it? Yeah, and then and then obviously Roof couldn't score to save his life, could he? In the big game yeah. against Aston Villa, it all changed, didn't it? Yeah, it's a shame actually because we should have made playoffs that year, shouldn't we? I don't know how we didn't in the end. Like, it was a good time. Good time. I think we lost. Time. We lost a few bad games towards the end of the season. Mm. But yeah, that was probably Gary, the last decent job that Gary Monk did, actually, weren't it? About yeah. seven years yeah. ago, eight years ago. I've lost, count how many times, I've lost count how many times he came back to Ellen Road as an opposition manager, honestly. The amount, yeah. the amount of the f- Gary Monk chance that used to go around. <laughs> yeah, actually, I swear he beat us a lot of times, actually. He kept getting sacked, but he kept beating us somehow. Yeah, I think yeah. He, were, he were at Wednesday, I think, weren't he? Yeah. 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 And then yeah, they yeah, were they, they were celebrating when, when like they won the league because the beaters was out, for yeah. God's sake. DVDs, <laughs> DVDs still going in the, the Ellsbury shop, by all accounts. Middlesbrough as well, he was Borough's mm. manager. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's so First time he came back, we nailed them, didn't mm. we? Because um, I think that was when Traore was still sort of uh, coming through. Yeah, yeah. Gary with two R's. Never trust a Gary with two R's. One too many R's there, isn't it? So, sorry to any listeners called Gary with two R's. <laughs> yeah, when um, Matt will apologise, we'll put something out at the end of the programme. Anyway, <laughs> we should probably end it there for today. Um, may even have a little winter break of our own after that, guys. I don't know, I think we all deserve a break after two weeks switching off from Leeds and get that heart those heart rates down a little bit get the blood pressure controlled and then ruin it all again in a couple of weeks time but there we go so in the meantime though obviously we'll still be going on the socials so you can always get involved on either twitter or instagram at ritjk so it wasn't nine points out of nine for leads but you know what six out of nine ain't bad so have a good one all see you later Network.